Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. I'm your host and GM, Azul, and this is the very last episode of our One Ring RPG one-shot. Before we jump in, the One Ring RPG giveaway that we're running with Free Elegan is still active, and you've got until this Friday to enter, specifically Friday the 10th, 11.59pm NZT, 6.59am EST, and 1.59pm CEST. That's 11.59pm New Zealand time, 6.59am Eastern Standard Time, and 1.59pm Central European Standard Time. So if you want the chance to win a digital copy of the One Ring Starter Set, a absolutely amazing RPG if I do say so myself, and I do, Check out our social media or the description below for details on how to participate. It is super simple, so we hope that you will enter. With that, let's dive into the wonder of Middle-earth. Previously on Don't Forget Your Towel. Follow me, come now. As these two approach the table, I stealth underneath the table. Well met, travelers. My name is Erineal. I am the mayor of this humble village. We would wish for your assistance in recovering this caravan. We wish you no threat. We are not alone. There is another, and his special skills will be revealed to you soon. Oh, your food was lovely. And the caravans that we sent through were ambushed by some external force. We can eliminate this threat for you. We have at our disposal a magical ancient relic. I require a favor from you to find a particular man. He was one of us. Baranor the Goblin Slayer he's called. He took down a goblin battalion by himself and brought back the riches to our village. The man only kept a sword for himself. But recently, he killed his brother and fled. Perhaps he was the one who stopped the very caravan we are looking for on the road. It was definitely him. We know a, a crazy old man in the woods said that he saw it happen. You all enter the forest and you start searching and soon enough you find footprints. You follow these footprints to what appears to be an old campfire and the remains of a man. Soon enough you come to an opening in the forest, the entrance to a large cave. And in front of this cave opening is a recently used campfire. Spring wind through 
Reminds me of home. <laughs> oh yes, your inimitable cave. A little dry for my taste, perhaps. A little warm, but it's got the essentials. If we assume that Baronor was the one who killed this poor man, then we should be careful. Mm. We should go in ready to fight. I draw my, uh, my sword. Yeah, I'll load my bow. Likewise. Indeed, one does not wake a sleeping dog or a sleeping bear. If one goes into a cave, you are entering their lair. So do take care. Ah, I love that. Uh, I'm going to make you inspired, John, for that. So whichever role you wish to, you can add extra dice uh, in the future at any point in time. Oh, okay. Thank you. That was amazing. So what do you do? Do you approach or stay there or? Yeah. Are we ready to just like just go in with our weapons at the ready? Can I make a scan check or something to check to see if there are any traps? Nice. Mm -hmm. Please do. Uh, Can I assist? Yes. What are you doing to assist? I will use my elf eyes, my keen eyes, to point out things that are a bit further away that Griffin might not be able to spot. I see, I see, I see. All right. Okay, that comes to exactly my target number. Thank you for that. Delightful. Great. <laughs> the, the one extra dice was a one, and I was otherwise one short. Ah, <gasps> perfect. It is very fortunate that you looked and scanned, because yes, indeed, there are many traps on the edges of the outskirts. Nice one. It doesn't take much effort to sidestep them, but there are many to sidestep. Well done. Okay. Good job, Griffin. Well, I figured, you know, I'm, I'm always saying you set traps for... For all those those many woodland creatures. Good thinking. These traps are bigger, more likely to catch men <laughs> and halflings. Well, I only really need half a trap for, for me. <laughs> Delightful. Okay, so we're going in, weaving our way around the traps. Should we establish like our, our formation? Oh yeah, good idea. Uh, a kind of like tap Kota, like, right, you're in the front. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Mm. Right, I'll go. I'll go first. We all ready? Ready. Hey, uh, what time of day is it? Uh, it is probably around mid-afternoon, so just past noon. Mid-afternoon. Is the sun out? Yes, it is. I wonder if the shard could be used to bounce the sunlight down into the dark depths. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just to make it a bit easier for us all. It's a great idea, dude. That's so good. Yeah, nice one. Okay. I love that idea. Ancient elven steel, very reflective. Yeah. <laughs> I knew we took him along for some reason. <laughs> you're honestly like the MVP at the moment. Like, you're smashing it. Yeah, I'll take the shard out. I'll hand it to Groin. Would you like to do the honours? Well, I could. I'm probably not as delicate at handling it as you might be, but I'm prepared to give it a go. I did this when I was a child, with a bottle, set fire to a whole field of wheat. What? (laughs) It wasn't funny. (laughs) 
right. As you do groin, the light reflects off the shard of the sword much more than any of you actually expected. It almost illuminates the whole of the entrance of the cave as the light propagates out. You also notice, Groin, by tilting and angling the sword, you can actually focus the light upon specific spots inside, and it's actually so intense that it causes some parts of the cave to begin to smoke with the heat. Mm. Looking into the cave, now that it's lit up, you can see that the cave seems to twist to the right further inwards, avoiding the light that you've just been shining into it. But you also do notice a couple of torches attached to the wall. Let's grab that torch. And go carefully. Always. I am wary. I'm very wary. All right, I'll go first. Okay. I can pull up the rear if you guys want. Yeah, I will. I'll also be towards the back with the bar. Right. So Kota's going first, I'm going second. And behind us, we have somebody directing a bit of light for us. We can see the smoke. And we've also got Griffin. Is the torch lit? No, it is not. And you said the the fire was still smoking, right? Yes. Can I take the torch and sort of push it through the ashes and the glowing embers until it catches? You can. And after a bit of prodding, the torch finally catches on fire and emanates a bright light. Right. Nice. I swing it around dramatically. (laughs) And that means the other two can join us in there and we can go together into the darkness. And into the darkness you venture. As you venture forth deeper and deeper into this damp cave, led by Kota and the flickering flames of the torch, Groin, you are the first to notice something else. You suddenly realize that apart from the light emanating from the torch, a dim blue light seems to be emanating from the shard as well. That means... um Oh, would I know what that means? <laughs> I know I know shadow lore, but I don't know much elven weapon lore. Mm. I think I think most of you well, at the very least, Griffin perhaps will have to roll for it. Coda, I'm going to say that you can have a favoured roll to see if you can recognize it. Cause I think you've heard tales of such events, but whether or not you can recall those tales, we'll find out. Idril and Groin, on the other hand, I'm pretty sure you two would know what this means. Oh, okay. Given your backgrounds. So it's lore? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't roll it. I don't have a skill point in lore, and it's a 15 for me. Oh, I see. 15 with a success die. Nice. In that case, all three of you immediately recognize what this is. Groin and Idril without having to roll, and Kota having rolled. Could that be... What is it? Creatures of darkness are nearby. Yes. Goblins, the like. Minions of the Dark Lord. And the shining of the shard is something that comes from long ago, is it not? Entire swords would show a certain light where there was danger. They glow in the presence of the creatures of darkness. Baranor was known as the Goblin Slayer, was he not? He was. Perhaps he has come here to slay more, unless he has fallen prey to the darkness. Perhaps that shard is a shard of the sword that he took from the previous hall. Perhaps. Because they said it was a fine sword that he kept for himself. Of course. It's not outside the realm of possibility that it could have been an old elven weapon from the First Age. You're right. So, wherever he is, he's got a broken sword and these near goblins. Yes, and perhaps he'll be happy to be reunited with its other half. Shall we push on? Let's do it. Right. Let's do it. 
Okie dokie. You push forth further into the cave, which seems to be sloping slightly downwards. At one point, just ahead of the relatively straight path that you've been on since the sudden bend at the beginning, you see another bend obscuring your view. And suddenly, as you approach this bend, you hear the low guttural sounds of growling. You hear voices that speak in a tongue that makes your fingers curl inwards and your spine stiffen. Looking past the edge of this bend, you see a relatively large cavernous opening. And almost immediately ahead of you, you see two large orcs with thick black hides that are scarred and decorated in mud and paint and blood. You hear deep, violent chortles as they kick and push around what looks to you to be a limp body. He's doing that thing again. Two orcs. Two orcs just up ahead. They're playing with what looks like a body. Oh, it's much easier when you just <laughs> say it. I mean, you yeah, just we have doing to be this quiet. Quiet, is... Griffin, be quiet. Okay. Can I aim my bow at them as we start to approach? Hit them with some arrows. Certainly. So does this mean you wish to enter combat? Before we do, can I make a sort of scan around to see if there's anything else nearby? Or if it's just these two orcs? Yes, you may. That is a pass with a success icon. Yeah, so you can see very dimly in the far end of the cavern that there seems to be a bulk of stuffs, bags and barrels and things that you really can't make out at the distance you're at. But other than that, and the three figures ahead of you, there's really nothing more to see. With my success icon, can I more clearly identify the body? Yes. You can tell that the person is alive at the very least, barely alive. Mm -hmm. The person seems to be of masculine build and most certainly well armoured. The same armour as the soldiers in the village. Several layers of deep bruises veil an otherwise handsome face framed by dirty blonde hair. But apart from his bloodied looks, he looks alive. He doesn't happen to have like a a broken glowing sword or anything? Not on him. Okay, okay. Um, I'm just looking at the combat flowchart. Can an axe be used as a thrown weapon? It may, says I. Nice. (laughs) Okay. So, as you enter combat, as is often the case, both sides get an opportunity to use their ranged weapons in an attempt to harm their opponents before they are within melee range. This is called the opening volley stage. In this case as well, because both parties are divided by a fair bit of distance, both sides would traditionally be provided with the opportunity to engage in a brief exchange of volleys. But, as you have not yet been noticed, and because the orcs seem to be otherwise very loud and very busy tormenting the man, the Fellowship is entitled to a surprise attack. Would you like to do so? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'll ready my bow. Yeah, I would like to shoot my bow as well. What do we use as the target numbers for, um... Uh, strength, I believe. No, I'm not going to hit anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw me spear. I'm going to throw me axe. Could you all give me a stealth roll then? I'll make it favoured as well, because the orcs are quite distracted at the moment. I succeeded. Likewise. Yeah, regular success. Brilliant. So... In the Wandering RPG, an attack roll is made using the combat proficiency value corresponding to the weapon that you're using. The target number to aim for, in this case, is the same as your strength target number. Mm -hmm. Also, because a attack roll counts as a skill roll, you also get to add a feat die to your pool of dice. (laughs) 
That's a 14 against my target number of 12 for strength. I'm going to spend a hope as well. 21. Ah, no! So close! <laughs> so it seems like everyone except for Aaron succeeded. Brilliant. Yeah. Are you aiming for the same person, so same orc? There are two, left or right? I'll shoot at the left one. I'll also shoot at the, well, throw at the left one. Okay, are we trying to kill them or just ward them off? These are orcs. We want to get rid of them. Right. I think instinctually he would hurt both of them so that neither of them could necessarily run and catch anybody else. Okay, so the amount of damage that you all deal with a successful attack is equal to the damage rating of your weapon. And also, if you roll any success icons, you can use them to do special damage to your opponents as well, depending on the weapon you're using. So, for example, additional damage or pushing them back and so forth. Anyway, in total, how much damage do you each do? Five. Three. Three. Cool. So you stealthily make your way into the open, aiming your weapons and positioning yourself firmly on the ground. Then, with a quick signal from, I imagine, Kota? Yeah, yeah. A volley of arrows and weapons are let loose, all of which, barring one arrow, meet their destinations with deadly accuracy. In a split second, the laughs turn into screams of pain and anger. The two orcs turn around in mad fury and pain. Your ambush has been successful. The orcs are injured, but not yet vanquished. They are very aware of your presence and are ready to return your blows with blows of their own. As they begin to approach you, you have two options. Either stay where you are and take advantage of the distance to carry out another volley, or puff your chests out and basically just charge into the middle of the battle. What do you wish to do? Charge! I want to make an attack with my longsword. Charging. Cool. Cool. Uh, Griffin is staying right at the back. I would also like to take a rearward stance. Yeah, so two of you will stay behind as you are in a rearward stance, and two of you will charge forward and take the forward stance. Cool. What weapons are the two of you using, Groin and Quota? Yeah, no, I'll go for the sword. Long sword. Cool. So as you charge forward with your allies aiming their bows behind you, the orcs roar at you and charge forward as well. So I'm going to get you to roll your attack rolls again. Groin and Coda, remember to use the combat proficiency for the sword and longsword now, not your previous weapons. Also, add 1d6 to your attacks as you're in the forward stance. Use some more hope. Alrighty, I succeeded with 1-6. That's amazing. Oh, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this. I just rolled three sixes and a Gandalf dice. Wow. Oh my god, you are killing it in this battle. What the hell? Whoa. Here I am with my 1-6 being like, yay. Same. Wait, you guys talked me up so much in, in the... <laughs> <laughs> True. I've got 20 all together. Amazing. Wow. Okay, that is definite success. Did you get any success symbols? No. No, that's okay. I got a 14 and Wow, okay, so you're all incredibly successful. I can just imagine the two of you just clashing against the two orcs, only for the orcs to immediately just be pushed back, beaten down by groins and Kota's keen blades, only to be suddenly assaulted again by the arrows from behind. 
I think Griffin is only accomplishing anything by sheer dumb luck. <laughs> like he's not even looking when he's firing, is it? Because he doesn't like he doesn't like the sign of blood. Even orc blood is it's it's just so it's so much. I, I it's not for me. You've you've got your eyes closed tightly shut and you're shooting and you're still doing better than Edril. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so let's go around. How much damage do each do? Damage is four. Uh, well, my damage is five, and I'll use the success symbol to mm. do a heavy blow. So that's another six, which is my strength score. So I'll do 11 damage. Whoa. Yeah, so you can use your success icon to do a heavy blow, like Coda did, and you do additional damage equal to your strength rating. My damage is three, and I got a success. Uh, I basically just want to give extra damage. What should I? Yep, that's yeah. plus two damage. Yep. Plus two, so five damage. And Griffin, based on your strength rating, I'm guessing that's like plus two, plus two, plus two if you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to accidentally explode their head if you'll let me. <laughs> <laughs> what are your base damage ratings again? The two bows, I mean? Three. Yeah, three. Okay, so... Idril's arrow finds its mark on the orc that Groin is engaging, immediately piercing into and through its shoulder. Before the orc has any chance to even react, Groin's sword suddenly comes down upon it heavily, cutting through its armor and its flesh, bringing the orc to the ground with a thud. It's the last sound it makes. Almost at the very same time, Griffin and Koda are engaging the other orc. Kota, do you stab or cut or...? Yeah, I'll, I'll stab upwards. Like, I've charged forward, I'll go upwards through his, through his belly. Yeah, so you stab upwards, piercing through and opening up the orc's abdomen, immediately followed by Griffin's arrow that pierces through the orc's throat, causing a spray of blood. This orc is not yet down, but it is on the ground, reduced to a crawling mist that seems to be intent on moving past Kota and towards the exit. Sorry, because I'm in a forward stance, do I get an extra d6 when attacking? Yes. Yes. Okay, I didn't roll that. Uh, roll it now. Okay, I mean, if it's not a, if it's... We'll see if you get another success. Yeah, if it's not a six, then... Is it a six? It's a six! Okay, so... Ah! <laughs> uh, that's another, that's another six damage then I'll take. Can I do a double heavy blow? Oh yeah, while it's crawling on the ground trying to escape, you just walk briskly to it, brushing aside your cloak that's now stained with the blackish blood, and you bring your sword down on the orc kota, impaling it again. Die! Die! <laughs> die! Now silencing his whimpers and ending a surprisingly very brief combat session. I... I, I completely underestimated you all. That was so much damage. <laughs> <laughs> so yet again, you find yourselves alone in the cave within the cavernous chamber. Well, alone apart from the still seemingly limp and unconscious man before you. Now you are blessed with time and with no urgent actions to take care of, as well as being within the chamber, you can see the pile of things that you've spied earlier more clearly. There are a fair few things scattered about, in fact. You notice many random goods like coins, bags of wheat, barrels of what smells to you like beer or ale. You notice all sorts of random miscellaneous objects, old locks, keys and locks and lockets and random bits and bobs of shiny items all strewn over the place and also concentrated at one corner 
Upon which, on top of the pile, is also a sheathed sword. <sighs> and it's as you're noticing all of these things that you hear a groan coming from the man. Oh. Mm. Oh, so the man is alive? Yes, 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 yes. He's unconscious but alive. He was just being kicked and toyed around before by the orcs. They were just beating him up. All right. I'll go and tend to his wounds. Is he conscious? He seems unconscious. He's waking up slowly, but surely. Wake up. I, sh- I shake him. <laughs> <laughs> Kota, please. He is badly injured. Uh, sorry. I, uh, the, the heat of battle. It <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, he says, and shakes the body away. Take some of that self-control away. I might join Kota and suggest that we uh, just turn him gently over and we call for some water. Could somebody bring us some water over here? Hey, quick about it. Griffin pulls out like a, a tankard. That he's, <laughs> he's just, he peels a lid off of that's just full of water. Just by chance. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. And we wash his face and he's groaning and he looks up and smiles beautifully. <laughs> yeah, he, he does look up at you and he smiles for a moment, almost as though he's dreaming a lovely dream. Eyes gleaming as he looks at you. And then suddenly his eyes widen and he's like, Who are you? Who are you? You first. We're your rescuers, now you. Baronor. My name is Baronor. So you are Baronor. Of course I'm Baronor. Who else do you think I could be? Oh, it's Baronor. Yes, I just told you I am Baronor. Paranoid, more like. We have heard of you. We have been sent to rescue you. I, I thought we were sent to arrest him. Uh, no, we were sent to rescue him. To recover him. Oh, right. Exactly so. Right. Can you walk? Yes. Yes, I believe I can. And he stands up and stretches his arms out of it. Right. You can see him wince as he does this. Clearly, he's in pain, but it doesn't seem like he's injured to a point where he can't move. Or at least not to a point where he doesn't have control of all his faculties. Right. You can definitely tell that he's very bruised, though. And he stares at you all for a moment, and then suddenly, almost like he remembers something important, he starts looking around frantically. And then he strides, almost jogs towards the sword on top of that hill of stuffs. He picks it up and strokes it a few times, softly brushing off any dirt. And then he attaches it to his belt. Well, he turns to you all again and starts approaching you. I am here and I have been rescued. Thank you. Thank you for your help. But now that the task is done, I must ask you most kindly to be gone. Uh, I'm afraid that will not be all. You see, your town requires your presence. We have been sent to fetch you. <laughs> no, you have not. Yes, we have. I, 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 I do not wish to... Dead or alive, I might say. Die? Are you to kill me? So now my supposed rescuers are my would-be killers. Hang on, hang on. We're talking. We're talking. We would very much prefer not to kill you. I would very much prefer not to die. Good, then you will come with us. What? Why? Because if you don't come with us, you'll die. Can you tell us why the citizens of this town have asked us to recover you? Why they do not speak fondly of you? Because he murdered his brother and fled. What absurdity. No such thing happened. My brother is fine, probably celebrating his election. Then why do they think you murdered your brother? Listen, I know not of your fancy stories or tall tales. 
All I know is that I am happy here, minding my own business, expanding my collection of these nice things. These really <laughs> nice things. First of all, this ale belongs to the dwarves of the halls. And second of all... I procured these barrels and therefore they are mine. No, that's not how it works. Says, says who? Says me. Now you're going to come with us, dead or alive, is essentially how we're going to do this. Oh, give me a roll for that. I'll get you to add another d6 to your roll, because given what's just happened and your numbers, you're in a pretty strong position to be forcefully persuasive. I will, um, can I use my <laughs> battle skill to uh, beat him in a battle of personalities? I want to beat this man into submission <laughs> on an emotional level. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what does this skill say? Does it specifically allow for that or is it specifically for battle? If it's for battle, no. I am not certain. I just, I, I thought you could use anything if you had a good enough argument for it. So. Okay, in that case, that is not a good enough argument. <laughs> I think awe is the intimidate one. Yeah, yeah. Battle is just during battle. Yeah, I can use, I can use awe. I will use one of my hope points as well. And we're helping, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting help. This is just brilliant. All right, starting off strong with a six, and then a nine, ten, eleven, which is uh. Use the the fellowship reroll. Yeah, I might have to. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, eighteen, which beats my body, my strength score. Nice. So, out of curiosity, are any of the rest of you doing anything while Kota is trying to intimidate Baranor? Yeah. So, taking a cue from Kota, Griffin sort of just like puffs up his chest, <laughs> which just looks ridiculous because of his tiny stature, and standing right next to it with like hands on hips. I think Groin just needs to lean over and breathe heavily. <laughs> Yes, your deep breath echoes through the cave, and perhaps it is the final straw, because soon afterwards, Baronor sighs and lets his arms fall down to his sides limply. Very well. I cannot refuse you, lest I find myself in a battle again. I will go back to the town. They did not want me there, and so I left. And now, now they wish me back. It is a sad day to be Baronor. But so be it. Have you thought of why they didn't want you, and what you were doing to make them think that? I do not know, nor am I bothered to find out the reasoning behind people who do not wish for me to be around. They say you were a renowned hero, a goblin slayer. What happened? I am a renowned hero, and the goblin slayer. And what happened? You lost their respect? Well, I I think we slew the only goblins in this room. Well... Technically, those are orcs, so... He is right. I'm not Baronor the Orc Slayer. I am Baronor the Goblin Slayer. (laughs) So what happened to make you lose the town's respect, if you were so well respected? I do not know. I protected the town. I killed the goblins for them. I brought them all the riches and only kept a sword as a prize. Though I admit, it is a wonderful sword. I am truly lucky to have found it, for it to have chosen me, for it to, um, and yes, they just started hating me after that, glaring at me at every turn. I could see the vicious anger in their eyes, so I left. That sword's not broken, is it? What does it matter to you? (laughs) Because I might have its other half. You have its other half? 
You lie. Or maybe not. Show it to me. Show it to me now. What do you think, Groin? Should we show it to him? I think he needs to lay his half down before us and step back. And then, maybe, we will show him what we have. He stares at you, Groin, for a moment and says, No. 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 I... No. See, I will not part with my sword, but I will... I will show it to you. I will show you that it is indeed broken and that you may give me the other half. And in one fluid motion, he pulls it out of its scabbard in front of you all, at which point you do see that it is indeed certainly broken. However, the other thing that you immediately notice is that unlike the shard that you have in your belongings, there are these dark black streaks on this half of the sword. They almost seem to be moving through the sword, as if simultaneously part of it and not a part of it. You find yourselves having to exert more energy to breathe as the air around you thickens. This is a wholly different sort of energy from the shard that you hold in your belongings, Groin. Though, certainly, the shape of the broken edge of the sword, at least from this distance, looks similar to that of the edge of the shard. But there is a strangeness to the texture of the sword. Though you can tell that it too was elven made, there's something about it. Mm. A certain jaggedness to it. I take a step back. This sword has been corrupted by the forces of evil. You must set it aside at once. This is my sword. This is, this is this is my sword. Do not dare. It is this sword that is causing your illness. Where did you get this sword? I, I, I got it from the army that... I got it from the goblins that I killed. It is rightfully mine. Mine. Perhaps so. When was this? Well, right before... A few days before... And it was after I... How did it become broken? I found the sword as you see it here. Broken, certainly, but no less magnificent. Do you not realize what the black, itchy stuff is that's coming out of it? (laughs) You misunderstand. This is... This isn't darkness. This is light. This is beauty. How can you say such horrific things? Look! Look at its glow! You are blind! Blinded by your arrogance! There is evil leaking from it. Why? You lie. You just want to take my sword. That's what this is all about. You're just trying to trick me. To trick Baronor. To trick my mind. He starts punching his head. Never! No! You just want to steal it. Like everyone else. Like my brother. The sword is corrupted as... What did you just say? Like your brother? You did kill your brother, didn't you? Because he wanted to take it from you. Because he saw how sick it was making you. No, he was a thief. I didn't kill him. He, he, he just died. He, he, he just died. <laughs> he just died. A minute ago you said he was fine. He's fine. He's, he's fine. Yes, yes, he's, 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 he's fine. He, he, he... Where is he? He's at the town. He's with the rest of them. He's he's forsaken me too. The rest of who? The townspeople. Thieves. Those who lie beneath the ground. No, 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 no. He's he's alive. He he is alive. I'm sure he is. I, I didn't kill him. I did not kill him. But you did. 
You're lying. You're trying to play tricks with my mind. You, 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 you stop. And with that, he grasps the sword in both hands in front of him and faces all of you. He's not making any sudden movements towards you, but he is in a battle-ready stance. Put the sword down. The sword has corrupted you. Does your sword have a name? Yes. It, 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 it told me its name. And what is it? Its name is Berznag. And as he speaks the name, again, you feel a chill go down your spine. The words themselves seem to ring in your head long after they were spoken, whispering. That's not right. That's not right at all. Would I know anything about this? Give me a laurel. Okay, and yep, that's a pass. Yes, so even as the words are spoken, Idril, you recognize it. You recognize its powerful tone its menacing vowels and its harsh consonants. You've never heard it before, but the stories precede its usage and you've heard enough tales of warnings and of terror to recognize it for what it truly is. The Black Speech. You should not speak that name. Never speak it again. It's, it, it's, 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 it's just a name. It's just the name of the sword. A powerful name for a powerful sword. It is no more just a name than that sword is just a sword. Stay away! You're all just greedy. You all just want my sword. Well, you shall never have it. You cannot. The sword must be reunited with its other part. The sword must be returned to good, not evil. It is indeed corrupting you, corrupting your thoughts, corrupting your decisions. Do you not see that? Do you not see what it has cost? I only hear your sly words, Dwarf. This is this is all a part of your trick. You're, you're all just greedy. You're, you all just want my sword. Please, let us help you. What are you going to do? Live out the remainder of your life in this cave? Forget that your brother ever existed? Shut up! I assume you loved him once. Shut up! He's fine. Can I roll persuasion just to see if that last stuff will change his mind at all? Okay, so you've all been incredibly persuasive and brought on very many points that I think are very good in response to most of his statements. So I'm basically going to get you all to roll me a wit or heart related skill. Mm -hmm. For our listeners, this isn't exactly a skill endeavor. It's more like a pseudo skill endeavor. Mm -hmm. Regardless, I've said the resistance of the situation and depending on whether or not you're able to obtain enough successes to beat that number everyone i'll tell you what happens can i use my healing to like heal the sickness that has taken hold of his mind from the curse of the sword because because i have such like extensive knowledge of the shadow law and like how these magic artifacts are forged and corrupt their wielders I am feeling particularly magnanimous, so I'll allow it, but if it's favoured, I'm going to make it not favoured, and if it's not favoured, I'm going to make it ill-favoured. Okay, all good. How about you, Groin? Well, I've got no numbers alongside persuasion, but um, I could go for it. Yeah, by all means. Okay. You can, of course, use hope or fellowship if you wish to add on more dice. Okay. I think it would be, would be worth using a hope to get an extra dice. Do you guys mind if I use another fellowship? I got an eight. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah, do it. 
And you, Idril? I succeeded and I got one six on persuasion. Cool. I succeeded and also got one six on persuasion. I got a six with a symbol and that comes to 15. Brilliant. Oh no, oh no. I got a 10 and a Sauron rune. Oh, so you got 10. (laughs) It is okay. Despite that failure, the words of the rest of the fellowships seems to be having some effect on Baronor. Does anyone want to say one last thing to bring it all together or? Yeah, I'll say your brother would be disappointed in you. Yes, so as your words echo through the cave and fade away, so too does it echo within Baronor's mind. But unlike the cave within his mind, your voices refuse to fade away into obscurity. After a few moments of silence, you hear a whimper coming from him. And soon afterwards, the clang of metal against stone. Baronor has let go of his sword. He looks at you all again, tears welling up in his eyes, and with another whimper, he drops to the ground on his knees, and he starts weeping before all of you. I'm going to rush forward and pick up the sword half. I I, I stop you as you get near it and hand you some, like, uh, barbecue tongs to pick it up with. (laughs) (laughs) He just got them. Are you nice? Is that your special item? Don't touch it, it's clearly icky. And a tissue. (laughs) And a tissue. (laughs) Thank you, Griffin. Yeah, I'll pick it up with (laughs) the barbecue tongs. Barbecue tongs? And I'll just, I'll like take my coat off and wrap it inside my coat. So, what now, my dear fellowship? What do you want to do now? Do we want to try and put the sword pieces back together? Ooh, how would we do that? Nah, that might be courting fate. Maybe we should just go back. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should, you know, like set up for a future journey where we go try to find somebody else who can fix Mm. the sword, you know? (laughs) Mm. We we take it to Elrond or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is such a better idea. (laughs) Leave it it open-ended, I like that. Fine. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) All right. Yes. So we take him. We take him back to the to the town. Then the horse has been outside all by itself, oh. possibly drinking some of the alcohol. <laughs> um, Your horse is drunk now. <laughs> just sort of teeters over. Griffin goes to sit on the horse, and the horse just falls over. <laughs> <laughs> do you take the man with you as well? Uh, do you take Baronor? Yes. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think we do because that's what we've been sent to do, right? <laughs> that was the job. He needs. He needs help. He needs to face justice. Yep. Exactly. So fast-forwarding through your trek back through the forest and back into the village, you find yourselves being warmly welcomed in the village. The guards wave you in, showering you with great compliments and praise. Baronor has soon taken from you into the custody of the village guard. He hasn't said a word since the cave and doesn't seem to reciprocate any of the attempts by the guards either. Soon you're taken back to the town hall and rushed inside. This time your weapons aren't taken, rather you're greeted with loud cheers from the villagers inside. The mayor as well, who seems to have been expecting you, standing at the very edge of the dais, staring intently in your direction as you enter. She can't help but break into a large grin before, as is usual for her, regaining her composure. I bid you welcome again, my saviors. I have been informed of your great deeds. Not only have you brought back the blotch of our village, but he is alive and 
I hear tales of you defeating a company of orcs as well. I did not expect for this request to be completed in such haste, but I could not have asked for a better resolution. Thank you. You are welcome. We have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I apologize for ever doubting you and the claims that you made. We will remember this for ages to come. Not at all. Regardless, I am happy to keep my promise. I've heard your report from the guards. You were right. It was Baranor who attacked the caravans as well. Though I am appalled that one of our own would stoop so low, I'm glad that the matter is settled. Yes. Oh, yes, there's a cave up there with a lot of ale in it. So, you know. <laughs> Thank you. And given the outcome here, Your Worship, there is no doubt in my mind that we shall be doing further business with your good village. She smiles at you, Groin, quite kindly and says, Yes, I believe, Master Groin, that that would indeed be a delightful turn of events. You and your party are always welcome here. Always. Thank you. Thank you. This here... And she beckons another person, a villager, who has been standing to his side. This man's name is Bill. Bill Belsap. He will be accompanying you back to the halls with the goods that are owed to you. The ale and the hops and whatever else you can carry. Ah, yes. Bill Belsap. The, uh, the ale delivery man. <laughs> he is so, yes. He is also many other things. A talented artist, for one. But most people forget that he paints and they seem only to be concerned over his ah. caravan business. Poor fellow. <laughs> but I, I digress. Is there anything else I can do for you for your journey? Any help that you need? I am, after all, in your debt. Uh, I'll take an IOU. <laughs> <laughs> And scene. <laughs> <laughs> For me, no more than your thanks and a crust of bread. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Aw, brilliant. Okay, so after a much more relaxed and upbeat journey back to the halls, you find yourselves back at the Bearded Lady. Your quest has been completed. The goods have been delivered. Your hearts are lighter now, having been greeted warmly with a round of the best ale the bearded lady has to offer. The very same ale that you had a hand in delivering. Actually, I've got to ask, was Idril successful in stopping Groin from drinking all the ale? No. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but Idril will sincerely try to stop Groin from drinking it all on the way back. Groin, how successful is she? Partially? Completely? I really think she would be very, very successful. Oh. I might sneak <laughs> a stoop or two on the entire journey, but that would be about all. Yeah. Got yeah, gotcha. Nice. Mm. <laughs> awesome, awesome. At least one cask makes it all the way back. At least one? Wow. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> one cask. At least. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that's all. Just, you know, setting a floor. Nice. Lovely. <laughs> so, with that, we've reached the end of the adventuring phase. And with its end begins the fellowship phase. The fellowship phase is kind of like the One Ring RPG's take on downtime. 
It's the phase during which you, as your characters, get to elaborate upon your desires and your ambitions, about how you rest or how you process any horrors from your quest that still linger at the back of your mind. It is an opportunity to train your skills, to meet up with your patron, or to regale folk about your adventure, or even to write songs. If we were playing a campaign, the fellowship phase would be much longer and much more important than it will be here. However, since we are playing a one-shot, most activities that are encouraged will have no or minimal bearing on us. But as we end our tale, I really want to know what the members of our fellowship will do next. Do you rest and recover? Do you ready yourself for the next great adventure together? Or do you depart on your separate ways? Maybe you even do something completely different. So as the camera pans in towards each and every one of you, tell me what now. Tell the listeners what now. Weave us an epilogue. Well, I quite like the idea of, like, basically what we found out over the course of this adventure, that these characters are just drinking buddies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Their regular bartender said, hey, we're out of your favorite drink. You can have more if you go get it and bring it back. So, like, I think quite a nice epilogue would just be the the four of us enjoying our our beverages together at the Bearded Lady. Aww. Or at least that's where where Griffin is. Groin came into this with a fairly good rating for his travel, and um, he also had insight and healing skills. I would like to think that he continued to heal people in the halls of the dwarves, that anybody with any kind of ailment whatsoever, whether it was just a sniffly nose or a broken back, he would be the person that others would go to, and that as he discovered more and more strange things that could go wrong with uh, the creatures of the Shire, the creatures of the Misty Mountain, of uh, all those other creatures, like, dare I mention the elves, (laughs) that um, he decided to travel and study more as he was away, so he gained greater insight that he could then apply to his healing, which he continues to do. Oh, that's lovely. Aww. I like that. That's so lovely, Groin. Yes, your name spreads far and wide, and even dwarfs from regions far east begin to hear tales of the great healer. Kota, I think, would, um, he'd stick around for a bit, he'd enjoy, you know, the fruits of his labours, but uh, eventually I think the wanderlust that is inherent in all rangers would eventually overcome him, and he realised that he was neglecting his duty, you know, humans don't have as long a life as dwarves or elves, and so um, he'd he'd start working in the mines, I think, to, like, try and build up some income, (laughs) and then he'd buy a horse, and then he'd go back to the village, to the village we visited, to try and uncover more about the goblins that have like taken taken hold there and also the source of this cursed sword and he he just go gallivanting around there but all the while his friends from the hall of the dwarves would be playing in the back of his mind oh that's lovely i can just imagine you riding off into the horizon (laughs) (laughs) dramatic and such After a teary goodbye to, to Griffin, Edril and Groin, he'd travel his own path, as all rangers are bound to do. 
And Idril? Yeah, Idril will stay for the the merriment initially as well. And I think you you kind of see a, a slightly uh, more, slightly wilder side to her. You know, she's letting her hair down a bit, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, <laughs> having a really good time. But soon, you know, she'll get back to her more serious self. And she is going to, if the rest of the party is okay with it, she's going to take the sword, including the corrupted half, back to the Grey Haven to consult Surden about it. Griffin, um, so... I, I... Yeah, <laughs> you're like, let's all stay here together. No. Because <laughs> everyone kind of ditched you. <laughs> that's fine, yeah, no, no, that's fine, that's fine. And then everyone just goes off on their way. I think, okay, here, here's... Yeah. <laughs> so that happens, then everyone leaves. And then Griffin sort of looks around and then runs out and then we, we, we cut to... Kota on his horse about to ride away and you see like a little tiny pony going wait for me yes ah! <laughs> yes 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 I love it yeah and I like to think as time passes by as the days and the years and the decades pass through a legend gets passed down in the tavern of a particularly inimitable group of individuals whose presence at the tavern is much loved, so much so that whenever they are there, all patrons are shouted a drink by the house. I imagine that these nights in particular are always long and warm and filled with many tales and stories and excitement and rolling on the ground as well. And though you all depart on your own quests, fulfilling your own ambitions, though you may lose touch for many moons and many seasons, always, always you find yourselves thinking back to these homely days sitting in that tavern and drinking ale with your friends, just being yourself. Aww. That's all anyone can hope for. Yay! <laughs> Aww, nice one, team! That was lovely. Spectacular. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> thank you all so very much. Thank you. What an experience. Dude, thank you as all. That was kick-ass. And nobody's been harmed in the making of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, all we can hope for, to not be harmed. If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider donating to us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. We would also like to thank our patrons. Benjamin Tay, Adrian, Jesse Wesson, Bonnie Cohen. Thank you all for your support. We could not do it without you. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready. 